Sinatra, a Mr. Bean Hazarta. A day to fear now. Give me the power I face of you. Awake! You are all going to die tonight. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. This is Jennifer Lovely, and I've got two wonderful guest stars with me tonight. I've got... A handsome husband, Jim. And I've got... Bob Foster. Uh, You guys talked about me last time, and it called me from the ether, and (laughs) now I'm here. So, Bob... Uh, Where am I, and what am I doing? it's, It's that and the circle of salt. And now now you can never leave. (laughs) Oh, Oh, you got a a good, good, uh, good book collection. I'll be all right. Um, So uh, this is our first experience of uh, we're we're talking via Zoom. So I'm getting to see um, the multitude of Bob's Zoom backgrounds. So far, we've seen, (laughs) uh, is it, I always forget, it's room 237 in the movie and it's two. It's, uh. Oh god, I can't remember. And it's different. It's a different. Someone, someone home's yelling. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I think two oh seven or something. Something like that in the book. And um, but anyway, right now it's uh, the Twin Peaks. The Red oh. Room. All right, so um, let's just jump into Bob. What have you been watching lately? Well, let's see. It's my first time on the show, so uh, <laughs> it starts in nineteen eighty six, and I went to see American Tale, and and then uh, the uh, what we did in Shadow season two was great. Ow. And what was it? Jim, did you just fast forward me in real life? How did you do that? <laughs> it's uh, not fair to make me laugh right now. <laughs> Sorry. I've, no, uh, I've had I, to I've apologize been... many times in the last couple of weeks for being funny. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to interject really quick. So I apologize that there has been a week delay on this episode because I had major surgery that has like a six week recovery time and I've had a bunch of complications and it was a, a pretty severe abdominal surgery. So like laughing sometimes causes me pain. And and unfortunately these Sorry, two Jim. men are funny. <laughs> oh. So anyway, so what have you seen lately, Bob? Don't mean to no, yeah, it's, uh, too many too many things. I do watch like things just about constantly. You did before and now I'm at you know home all day, every day. Yeah. It's even worse. Um but uh, yeah, what I mentioned last there, I know you guys have talked about before in the previous episodes, but what we do in the shadows is oh, God, show the is so best show on television. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of the movie. Like I saw it back in. Every, uh, you can't see I'm doing the jerk every, off motion because anytime, because anytime Nadia, Nadia, does, Nadia that. does that, it's just the most beautiful oh, thing yeah, on the yeah. planet. I, th- I thought you were making fun of me. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it was just appropriate. <laughs> yes. And- <laughs> It's just, it's such a delightful show. But you were saying, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's all right. I'm, I'm like the the movie from 2014 is one of my favorite movies of all time. And me dropped to the, the, the jump to the front of my uh, vampire movies, one of my top five movies of all time after watching it. Uh, and then I was skeptical about the show. And then the show is just even funnier than it the is. movie. And that shows how much it lands. Yeah. And like our, um, for anything that's just bland and disappointing, it just, we just say it's just so jiff. Jiff. Sounds. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, like both the movie and, and the show have just entered, uh, my wife and I's, you know, quote cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually 
fucking Mike. Of course, you see Jackie Daytona. Everything comes. It's such a great show. It's kind of building on itself really well. I think season two is a little maybe weaker in story, but funnier in in uh, its moments, actual events. Yeah. Uh, but it really gets the tone of the movie without repeating the movie. Yeah, uh, it, it really is thing with that same concept, and that's really great. Yeah, yeah. We, no, we I... still, we all still occasionally point and bat, bat. <laughs> Human form. Human form. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, it's funny. I'd actually kind of go the other way. I, I think that season one made me laugh more, and but I love the Guillermo through line. Of the entire second series, so season so bless that man. So like, I think it feels to me like the like storyline wise, it's a little better in the second season, and the jokes for me that they they're still great. I love them. I love, <laughs> I love those two morons, <laughs> Jackie Daytona and whoever it was, Mark Hamill with their they Jim do, the Vampire. Yes, that's right. How could I? How could I forget that? It's Jim the Vampire. It's on the card. <laughs> Um, they, they, they fake the lightsaber fight and then those two morons just do the cross at each other until they both start bursting <laughs> into flames. Oh just, it, it, it the, the jokes are still really good. I just, I, I thought that the first season overall was like more belly laughs for me, but the second season has a better through line to it, yeah. but that's my, you know, I'm not going to argue that's that fair, this, that's fair. it's like arguing what you used to say about Shrek one and Shrek two. You can, you can argue that one of them is your, is, is your favorite over the other. And there's no wrong answer. I didn't yeah. think, I think that they were both equally good movies. <laughs> See, I think you got all the movie watching cause you're like watching stuff like every day, aren't you? Essentially probably about, I keep, I do keep track of it. So I'm watching by about four titles a day. Cause I usually have something on, I'm working on this or I'm playing a game or I'm reading a book or oh. something. And, yeah, see, and unfortunately, due to my surgery, I've watched next to nothing. And sadly, with some of the things that I've watched, I've, I've been very, I I have been the land of sad movies, um, and not in like, you know, heartbreaking, but just in wah, wah. So we made the mistake of watching The Turning. Uh, and I did not even, we didn't even make it halfway through it. And I looked at Jim and I'm like, I just don't want to anymore. Because it was just not, and I, I typically don't like to talk about movies that I've watched that I haven't enjoyed because I like to kind of stay positive. Um, but it just wasn't like I just want to encourage anybody who wants to go watch The Turning to go watch The Innocence. Yeah, it's so much a better film. And actually, uh, without getting too much into the spoil, did you guys did you finish it or no, 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 no? We okay. just turned it off because it through. doesn't finish. Uh, it's maybe not a spoiler completely to say that uh, it doesn't finish itself it stops the middle the, the end of second act it kind of just goes through credits and we were watching the theater like wait what but, but <laughs> and we sat like the entire audience had the entire credit expecting the movie to pick up again at some point you know <laughs> but it never oh. did it just ended uh yeah what was the what was the other movie where we just kind of stopped it at some point oh it was that um uh the insane asylum on the island or something like that it was it was had- shutter island or no, what it, the, it was like the Scassi film. It was the in, in, insanity, the insane asylum. It had the kid who played. Uh, he was in Life After Beth. He was in. He was the Green Goblin in. Uh, oh, Dane DeHane, yeah. Uh, uh. But it was really. It was like three or four hours long. It felt oh like, Jesus! And, no, the, oh no! Oh yeah, the one that was. Uh, it, yeah, that was um, shape not shape of water. Uh, t- the uh, <laughs> do water. Gorvinsky's film. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called at the moment. Beautiful film. Um, 
It was Slow gorgeous. Slow as hell. And we're like, yeah. we've watched an entire movie. And the thing is, it's like a three-hour movie. And so halfway through it, we were just like, oh, God, we're, we're only halfway through it. And like, this has taken so long. It's taken us three years. It, it was like, it was like this year's March where, you know, you're like, but it's been three <laughs> years and we've got still half the movie left and, and I can't, I can't keep going. Yeah. It really it just goes and like, there's a good movie it's in there. Gorgeous. But it's about 45 minutes too long. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of if not dead ends, more. a lot of things that don't add up or, uh, yeah, just, it's like he had every idea and three minutes of all attending to cut them out. It didn't cut anything Thing out. out. No. You know, come, come yep. editing room. Uh, the other thing that we watched that wasn't bad, but it just wasn't good enough was, um, Vivarium with Imogen, uh, Poots and, yeah, Imogen uh, Poots and, uh, um, Jesse Eisenberg. And that's been on my to-do list. I haven't seen it yet. It's interesting but i kind of agree there was a bunch of people that said that it honestly should have been a short yep um because it really just felt like it went on too long with not enough story and she carries <sighs> he's good he's he's good because he's just driven and he gets stuck in this cycle um mm-hmm. and you kind of get it and there's this really interesting um dubbing that they do with the kids voice where it's like this adult kind of strangely performative voice that comes out of this child's mouth that's really uncanny and disturbing but it just kind of goes on really too it, long it's, it's and it's not a satisfying end at all it should have been it really should have been a short as a short you can you'd have been like oh like, oh, oh yeah. yeah okay as but when it's a movie it the just, characters don't really at least i felt that the characters don't really have much of an arc in it and Fair so enough. you can't really carry a movie without having some kind of development or something like that. And it, it that's I think was its was its sin. And why it would be fine as a short. Short doesn't need a lot of development. You know, a lot of development. You can yeah. have events. Yeah. So um I, I I think she's an incredibly underrated actress. Oh, of she's course, amazing. Uh, yeah. uh the Black Christmas last year, which we talked about. And uh last year she was in a movie with um with Eisenberg called The Art of Self Defense. Hmm. That was a great take on toxic masculinity and how it fucks you up. And I she's remember amazing seeing the commercial it, so for that. It looked really interesting. Yeah, it's on Hulu, and it's uh, yeah, I recommend it. But uh, it's it's definitely it's a you know drier, dark comedy, very dark comedy about okay. toxic masculinity and how certain things can kind of throw him off because he's you know playing uh, the the shy guy who joins a gym and as things then get fucked from there. Yeah. Um. In in a slightly more joyful, uh, I watched. I, I showed Jim um, Mad Max Two Road Warrior, nice. which and I I just fucking love that movie. It, <laughs> he got to see the whole thing. Um, apparently, that type of dystopian uh, uh, apocalypse is very comforting to me in in our current <laughs> in our current world. And I just fell asleep halfway through it. <laughs> it just lulled me. If you've seen me. it before, it's fine. Right? It it lulled me to a to a. Yeah, it was the charm of uh, pre-crazy racism, Mel, Mel Gibson, that really just <laughs> lulls you. It's a dulcet tone to Lord Humongous. That's right, and it's just—it is such a, an absolutely fun movie with so many awesome characters. Um, and the other beautiful thing that I've seen recently is uh, there is a show on Eggcorn called Dead Still, and it's uh, um, set uh, kind of. Um, when they were taking the, the Memento Mori photographs um, mm. 
kind of like right before modernization was kind of kicking in and where other people would have their own photographs where a lot of times the only family picture they'd get is when somebody passed because you'd want to get that picture with them before they were buried. Uh, and it has this one guy who's a, uh, who takes the pictures of the dead and there's, it's like a, um, five episode mini series that's on Eggcorn TV, which is like, has all the British shows on it. Um, which I got uh, recommended by Kim because she told me a very silly <laughs> British mystery, which I started watching the part of. And then I saw Dead Still was on there and jumped right on it. And it's very fun and very satisfying. And it's plus it's I've I've got books on the Memento Mori photography that they used. Yeah, we to had do. a um, yeah, speaking of Kim, because we both worked at Spook in Seattle. Uh, it was uh, we, we had a um, before the Death Museum, unfortunately, closed with everything going on. Um, we had a display for. Uh, yeah, that side of photography. Uh, that's about uh, 15 photos up there. And it's it fun being in the museum talking to people. Yeah, because I was the tour guide and then I work at the front. And people trying to determine which person is the dead person. And we point out of why they are and how they're held up. And yeah. Uh, fascinating. The, the ones that always really, really got me. And there's a little bit of construction next door. So I don't know if people are going to be able to hear the pounding on the walls. but Or the uh, ice cream guy outside of my house. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. My favorite was the Invisible Parents. Where they'd cover, like, they'd cover the parent in a, um, like a big tablecloth or a a big tapestry, and they'd be holding the deceased baby in their arms. But it was just so uncanny to have, like, this baby kind of, and you could tell it was being held by someone, but you couldn't see them because they were covered by a cloth. It's just interesting. Uh, Jim, is there anything that you've watched on your own? Uh, there's a couple of things. I was going to before I got into it, I was going to I mean, Bob's been watching like four things a day. He said, is there any other major highlights or anything? Uh, yeah, I definitely want to recommend Extraordinary. Have you all seen that yet? No, but I've, I've watched or, the commercial for it. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's incredibly funny. One of my new favorite movies of this year. Uh, Will Forte's the only person in there might be recognizable, but it's, um, it's this really it's 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 very it's it's from uh it's from ireland but it's very kiwi in its sense of humor so it reminded me that yeah what we do in the shadows very uh watiti style and that um it's it's you know it's another another comedy another horror comedy i know that's not your really your jam so much it's not but but it's jim's (laughs) come here but uh it it lands really well it's good it's it does a lot of the same thing of humor from mundanity and an insane situation uh of someone who she has a talent to see ghosts but she doesn't use it because it accidentally killed her dad this is really early in the movie it's not a spoilers case uh because he used to have um like an 80s television show about like in search of type thing um but she tries to ignore it until she gets pulled back in thanks to a local guy whose wife is nagging him after from from the dead um at the same time uh will forte plays a washed up musician who make tries to make a deal with the devil uh with virgin blood and so ends up becomes this whole thing together and I, yeah, I can't really get into the humor of it because it's, you know, so much jokes and don't want to spoil any yeah. in particular moments. But it's really funny. It lands really well. It's really sweet. It's it, really funny, it's but it's super, also dark. It's it's funny because um, there's no new movies coming out. You know, it used to be like every Tuesday we'd run to, you know, Amazon or what have you to see what the new releases are. And there haven't been. And I actually, I mean, it was one of the few movies that in the last couple of weeks that have popped up as a new release and I, uh, I randomly watched a trailer for it. And it was really tempted, but I just, I can't get through anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Yeah, that's it's not streaming for free yet. It's still like a $4 rental yeah. or $5, whatever you do. 
So I was like, yeah, when, when it comes time, you can sit through the entire thing and spend yeah. the five bucks, uh, give it a shot. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to hear from somebody who's actually given a shot because I was really tempted. But a lot of times I don't jump on the horror comedies because they're not typically my jam, but it looked really funny. Yeah, Allison and I watched it and she really enjoyed it too. So Yeah. Anything else, Bob? Um, I've been watching a lot of Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's my favorite show of all time. And uh, it's on, most of it's on Tubi, but I have a lot of it too. And it's kind of started from the beginning when uh you know when isolation started and i'm just started season three again so about like 45 episodes in um including the ktma days and it's uh yeah it's still funny still works and it's really fun watching the, the evolution of it and uh you know you know me i love i love my bad movies uh so it's nice revisiting some of these this in that order i've been i've been watching a few riff tracks lately and uh so that's it uh i, I hear you um, there's, uh, there's some quality stuff that, uh, has been keeping me up. There's, there's yeah, the bots. <laughs> <laughs> he's changed his background. Now he's, he's in front of the bots. Uh, but yeah, it, um, uh, what's funny is that I, I bought the, uh, they had it on sale. I bought the, uh, the riff track for, uh, uh, rise of Skywalker. Nice. When it came out, it was like $2. They were like, put it on sale. It was like Star Wars Day. It was like, here, $2. And I was like, oh, I'll jump on that, $2. And I still haven't listened to it because I have not watched rewatched Rise of Skywalker since, since my, the, the one time in the theater. <laughs> yeah. It's and, like, I haven't seen it since theaters either, as we were talking about. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I have the riff tracks, the thing that makes fun of it. And I have so not it watched it, it yet. <laughs> because I am really behind like new riff tracks. Like I... I, I've lost track about four or five years. I, I still buy them when they come out uh, for the movies I'm interested in. And I just haven't watched as many as I should. Uh, one of these days, I'll they, get caught back up again. They've got a cool app now that you, when you buy the the riff tracks and everything, apparently when you you know you fire it up and you you plug your earphones in and everything, when you watch the movie, it'll the the speaker on your phone it listens yeah. to it and then syncs it up. Oh, nice. Fortunately, my new phone does not work with the app. Like, oh. My old phone did. This new phone just sits there and it listens and listens and it listens. So I have to play them live. But uh, we watched the one for Glitter the other day because we covered Glitter for uh, the Worst Movie of the Year podcast, one of the <laughs> other ones I do. And uh, so I watched that with the riff tracks. And it was, it was Mike and uh, Mary Jo Peel. And so it was cool to hear her on there yeah, uh, yeah. compared to the regular guys. Her and... Uh... The Mrs. Her Nelson, Bridget, yeah. I forget which what, Mike's uh, wife. Yeah, they do several of them, and they're uh, they're fun. Um, so uh, what I've been watching, I've I finished. Uh, uh, they had a sale, so I finally picked up uh, Young Justice season three, or maybe three and four. It depends on how you split them up or whatever. Um, anyway, the most recent stuff that was on uh, the D the the DC watch, network. We'd watched the earlier stuff with Tekla. And Tekla and I have just been, Jim was all excited and he finally bought it. And Tekla and I are just kind of like, hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So yeah. I can't judge. <laughs> it's, it, no, I mean, it's fun, but it's we really were just fun. like, we were just not up for it right now. And so we we're like, no, just, just go ahead. Just go ahead and watch it. So he's been watching it and he's been like, I've burned through it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. Still good stuff. It's, it, it's quite different though, which, because the first two seasons, uh, which I guess you can really only watch if you've got the DC network, unless you want to buy them from somewhere. But the first two seasons were on network TV. So they had to, or at least cable, they were on cable. So they had to uh, comply with sta- some level of standards for, uh, for television. Apparently the new one's pretty murdery. The, the, the new one. I'm just like, 
the, the stuff down because I bought it on Vudu and the things down at the bottom on Vudu is always like what you need to know as a parent before you know watching this with your kid and the violence was like rated at three out of five stars it's like yeah it's got superhero beat em up and I'm like yeah um in the new ones that were just made to be on the DC network yeah that you probably wrote that before I saw Cyborg's exposed heart and lungs <laughs> from the horrific wound that created him. So, yeah. Yeah, the new one is just, like, violent and brutal and, like... It's dc Being shot. People being shot and stuff like that. It's just like, wow, okay. We are really not a kid's show anymore. Mm. Uh, so, it's still, you know, sort of superhero-y. It's not, like, super-duper gruesome. But it's it's got a bit more... Uh, explicit violence in it so uh but the story is still pretty good and uh it took them it was several several years between the second season and this new season because they they were canceled out for various bullshit reasons basically because more girls liked the show than boys uh and the execs at uh cartoon network or wherever was like they can't we can't sell this you know too many girls like this they don't buy the toys they don't buy toys yeah whatever and then it got canceled so they got finally fan outcry was enough they made it but it's been so long in between that a lot of the well at least two two of the the uh, voice actors that used to be on the show uh aren't up for it anymore or dead um because they had uh tim curry was one was mm. one character uh and they've got a tim curry sound alike for him now but he's in not in a condition to be doing uh, a lot I've of heard voice he started work doing voice work again though i'm sure he has but like at the time that they were making this because yeah. we we bought this it's been a, a year yeah. or a year and a half since yeah. uh, this was made maybe even two years Because even when you're like listening to um when they did that live action uh rocky horror picture show and they had him playing um the, the doctor it was cram, yeah yeah like you could t- i mean his voice was it just it was i mean it's still him i mean that's tim curry but it just was very distinctly <clears throat> different yeah um, he didn't have a lot of energy in the rocky horror remake but yeah uh and then the other one uh they had one of the characters was played by uh miguel ferrer who uh of mm-hmm. course passed away several years ago so they had a set car- uh, episode central to that character that, that centered on that character and they've got a sound alike for him too now uh, but then at the end, of course, it was, you know, in loving memory of, you know, so. Uh, yeah, but, we're watching um, Avatar right now. And uh, I'm not like, we have, don't spoil it. We have this the, is your like, first three time, more right? Yeah. To season two. Yeah. Oh, no. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't me yelling anything. I was just, oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious to see what happens to Akihiro's voice, you know, as, as since Mako died when they were doing the second season, I think. Yeah. So, um, but I'll see how things turn out, it's, you know. I mean. There was a wonderful thing, a, a woman on, on Twitter that since it's gotten put on Netflix, um, posted, she's like, I just finished the entire series of Avatar, and there are so few shows that live up to the hype of the of the fans. You know, and like when you're watching it well after the fact, she goes, this show lives up to the hype of, of how really, really good and how it holds up and how it's enjoyable. It's just, it is honestly, and, and I've watched through the whole thing like three or four times, but Tekla's like watched through like that and Cora just numerous times now. Um, but like whenever we're all like sad and having a bad day, we'll just throw on Avatar 
because it just it's just good. Yeah, it's such a fantastic show, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving it, and I think you know it's getting better and better. I thought season one was great, season two has been even better. Yeah, great character development, world building, you know, looking at a lot of different aspects of like war and how people live through it yep. and how people affect things, and uh, now I absolutely see why that uh, George Lucas poached Dave Filoni for Clone Wars <laughs> for covering a lot of the same aspects and things. Um. But yeah, I can't wait to see where season three goes. Like, yeah, yeah we just got to Tales of Bossense. So that's where we're at. Uh, so we got a little bit left of season two. So, so you, you so you cried. and uh, Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we were nice and sad for that. And actually, we watched the APA episode yesterday. So we we're, we're watching one a day. So we don't, you know, slam through it and kind of lose, lose track of things and start zoning <laughs> out. So like, we'll watch a movie at night and then we'll watch one episode. Because uh, I bought I bought them on disc uh, when everything shut down. Thing, all right, cool. Because we've been trying to watch it for a while, so I bought the discs and then they arrived. And, like the day they arrived, it's when Netflix. Now. On Netflix. It's like we're putting it back up on the fifteenth. It's like of May. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, when you get to it, uh, Legends of Korra, it's it is different. It is a very different flavor uh, than Airbender, but I still really love both of them. And we're mm-hmm. gonna definitely follow up Cora. Uh, we'll follow this up with Cora afterwards. Have you uh, watched any of uh, the Dragon Prince on Netflix? No, I don't know that at all. It's wonderful. Same creators. Same creator. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's also, also really, really good yeah. too. So, so yeah, it's a, it's, it is an excellent thing. It, you know, you can probably be a little sick of stuff after you know Cora. Just be like, there's that was that was a lot. Take a break. Get some palate cleansers <laughs> and then watch uh, Dragon Prince. Dragon yeah. Prince is, is yeah. super and it's a very solid. different type of story too. Yeah. So it's but it's really well done. Really great characters. I'll check it out. We normally have about four shows that we kind of we we watch one episode of like a day of like a couple. Well, not four shows too. Like every every day is Avatar, but then everything else we watch has been a couple of different things like West Wing and Westworld and with an E and. Uh, Scrubs are we watching through again right now is our fun show and God, community still, for the first time. I still yeah. really want to see Anne with an E and I just haven't yet. It's so good. Um, the one thing that we are watching with Tekla is uh, we're working through the entirety of the modern um, Doctor Who. Yay! Uh, which we're really far behind. At least I am. I'm really far behind because I, I stopped watching a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm kind of in, I'm excited to go through it because there's just a point with between like Moffat's writing where I was just like, kind of done with you for a little while. Like you still love it, but you just get really angry <laughs> about some of the the choices. And we just we just got through like Donna's whole run, and God, I forgot. I mean, I knew I liked Donna, but I, God, I loved I loved Donna. And Gene yeah, Wolf are my favorite companions. Oh my I, God, I, Wolf! Yeah. I'm like I really love Donna, but Wolf like. <laughs> I love you, Wilf. Um, and then all of the fury and anger at how poorly she was treated with her with her wrap up. It was just so unfair. Yes, she was. She she had all of her character development taken away so the doctor could be sad. Yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah. I, somewhere when I stopped watching, and not because I didn't like it, it's because I, I I dropped cable. Uh, yeah. I got. I was somewhere in the middle of season. Uh, probably second season I think is where I'm at so I haven't seen anything with Jodie Whittaker and I want to yeah just, me too uh, one of these days I'll, I'll catch up <laughs> where yeah. I'm at it's uh, it's really fun watching it with Tekla though uh, and to see sometimes she latches onto the stuff I think she's going to and then sometimes it's just random things she's kind of liking the scary episodes she, oh, I did cool not realize what an intro to horror yeah 
Doctor Who was. Doctor Who is absolutely is, is is very scary at times. Like I was watching, I'm like, you know, I don't remember this. You know, I I, I watched them all as an adult, but I'm just like rewatching them. I'm like, I don't remember this being that scary. And, and it, but it is. It, and is. it does There's it really well. It really well. Existential dread in this one. <laughs> you know, just yeah, the silence in the library. Oh, <laughs> yep. I was a total jerk. I tucked Tecla in one night and I, I turned off the lights and then I just started saying, hey, who turned out the lights? Hey, <laughs> who turned out the lights? Hey. Because he's a butt. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joking it up. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, yeah, mostly I've been uh, I've been taking this time to finally catch up and read a book that I have not I've been meaning to read for about 10 years. It's been sitting on my bookshelf and that's House of Leaves. My wife just finished that. She yeah. took her seven years to read it. Yeah. It scares her too much. <laughs> I love it. Though. I've I've just gotten to the part where he starts playing with the format of it being a book. That the 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 actual concept of this being an actual physical book and the layout of books and he's playing with it. I I I was telling Jen because I don't know that if she might read it, but I don't know. I think know. I will. But it's that it's it's got a, a certain labyrinth type theme, and then the books mm-hmm. the the books footnotes because there are copious footnotes. They start looping in on each other because it's it's a labyrinth. It's a maze that you got to go through, and sometimes in a maze you go back. You go back yeah, on. I, I love that book. That's such a great, great, yeah, well designed, so, un- uncomfortable book. And and the funny thing, the thing is, like I I I didn't think it was. I thought when I started it, and I'm looking at it, and uh, I was just like, okay, yeah. Every time the word house is in there, it's in blue. I'm like, well, that's that's a neat little gimmick. But as I'm reading it, and I'm going through and going through, it's just a subtle enough emphasis on that word house every single time. That it starts making me a little tense. It just starts. It's just like it's just that little emphasis, that little slight offness, that little wrongness, and I'm like, "Huh? It's actually I'm actually feeling feeling some Do tension and dread." Oh, look at it's a podcast. Sorry, Harley came in. <laughs> it's a very very floofy. I know Maggie came in to be the podcat, but she she got tired of our crap. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to jump into um, kind of our, our our format that we're leaning to right now, which is we bring on a on a guest and we talk about a movie that was formative to you and becoming a horror fan, and then we talk about a movie that uh, is more uh, current that reminds you why you love horror. And and Bob, why don't you tell me what your two movies were? They were Friday Thirteenth and uh, Midsummer. You're Wait, such I'm a being told butthead. that we already used those. <laughs> I'm like, here's here's the format. What's your choices? Not these <laughs> ones. <laughs> no, uh, I, I chose uh, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch from 1982 and Annihilation from uh, two years back as oh. my, my two picks. And, and the thing is, is, you know, I wasn't planning on having Jim on the podcast, too. Um, but but like that movie really, really impacted you. Oh, yeah. No, I love Annihilation. I, I when we rewatched it and I'm looking at stuff and checking out things and and uh yeah it was just kind of like oh you're doing a lot of research on this one I'm like yes i am i'm like why don't you come on with us so no, talk right. to That's me right. though let's go first with uh um halloween, halloween 3. 3. yeah yeah so t- 
tell me about your like when you first saw it and and kind of what it meant to you uh, the first time I, I saw it, I didn't know it was a Halloween uh, film as it was. Uh, my dad, my dad isn't a horror fan like at all. My mom was the big person who in- introduced me to horror, so it's really funny that my dad is my entry to to this particular one. Because uh, around Halloween, he'd always my cat is licking my arm, sir. We'd come around the house and he'd, he'd do the happy happy halloween 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 happy happy halloween he didn't know the words uh but he would sing that all the time and keep talking about oh that movie that movie uh not connecting it with the series uh so one day we were watching through the channels and it came up as i'm probably about five or six or whatever uh and it pops in and uh so we watched it from there and of course i don't really was able to understand it as a yeah. six-year-old but my dad was like oh there's a song you keep hearing but he's still singing it on and on so i had these memories slightly of watching that and it's so uh, but it's so him. memorable too that like you kind of imprint like a little duck because <laughs> you know on on like the song it's just gonna like lay weight in, in your little London brain bridges just stuck in your head with <laughs> <laughs> with uh with that little bit in, in, in a loop for forever uh <laughs> it's so I, I remember that then i hear london bridges i knew it connected to something else and uh and this and that so i remember watching it with my dad and said that no, as a horror fan. So it's kind of a weird memory uh, of that. Cause he said, I watch everything with my mom. Cause she was the big fan. My, and her parents were huge horror fans. So it's, it's through her end of things yeah. that the horror and sci-fi and, and uh, genre. So it's weird to have a connection to my dad with horror uh, in regards to that. I remember just seeing it and then kind of forgetting about it for years, still catching it later and recognizing it. And we still argue over, it, even though he knows my activities with Crypticon and watching these films and having a degree in film studies is that he still argues with me that it's not a Halloween movie because it's not the one with Jason in it. Yeah, I know. In this case. <laughs> uh, I was like, no, no, that, trust me, that's Halloween 3. He's like, no, no, it doesn't have one of those killers. Like, it does. Please listen to me. Never, never <laughs> believes me. But he'll sing a song every Halloween. He'll call me up on Halloween and sing a song and we'll argue about it again. Uh, so in, in that way, it's formative because it kind of came in there and stayed in my head before I even realized what it was. Uh, the Thing did that too. I know probably someone else can come on and talk about The Thing. But I remember watching that with my mom and uh, having dreams about it for years, not knowing the movie it was until I saw it again later. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's the dream I've been having of Palmer turning into goo and flying into the roof <laughs> for years until I knew where the source <laughs> was from. The same thing with Halloween 3. Uh, but I think it, in some ways it did because so much of it, it's not quite folklore, but there is aspects of that. Yeah. And I think in some ways that kind of got that interest in that end of things. Very uh, much. A lot. Um, so yeah. <laughs> and I, I find it so unfortunate that it was so badly received because, you know, it's like we've seen those movies come out lately. Um, you know, there was a good, 14 year period where there were a series of horror movies that came out every Halloween. Um, and now like the Halloween that now, now that there's no more saws and it was saw and a couple of other things that were coming out. Yeah, every there's Halloween. a saw sometimes a paranormal activity. Yeah. yeah and it, it's funny because that October horror movie fest has become so muddy now. Cause it's like they, they, they put some, they, they save up some horror, but it's like, it it's usually so goes random. into the, the the dying ground of February. Yeah, like horror comes out in February because you know nothing else is going to be in theaters, so we can just drop all this in here. That's yeah. And it's like, why wouldn't you put some of that out in October? Come on, I, know. Come I just on. it's just like 
like I would love it's like the entire month of October just to be just end to end wonderful horror movies or have something yeah. that was, you know, going to tell a story every. I just feel like, remember, like missed- in, in high school or when the Halloween movies came out when I was, you know, uh, it's, uh, I'm 38. So like H2O and mm-hmm. uh, like Resurrections, they all came out like in August, oddly enough. Um, and that's even before like that, you know, shortened window that was like still a six month window between home video release. Like it's a really weird time for them to come out, but so I so glad the Halloween 2018 came out tweaks for Halloween and Halloween kills will come out two weeks for Halloween again. Yeah. So at least mm-hmm. they're coming back in that in various ways. Yeah. Love to see them explore that more. Um, yeah, it's just, except, you know, it's so funny cause we talk about this and I, I guess I just took it for granted that that Carpenter directed. I didn't even realize it's Tommy Lee Wallace. Tommy Lee Wallace, yeah. So. Uh, um, yeah, he wrote it. Uh, he, he Well, Niles, uh, Neil, ah, kind of bad names. Um, Should have wrote it down. The guy wrote Quartermass and uh, Stone Tapes. Like, wrote. Uh, Ni- not Nigel. Neil. Nigel Neil, yeah. Wrote the first draft and they changed enough that he didn't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. So Tommy Wallace gets the only credit for it, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he of course wrote and directed that. Then, uh, but Carpenter kind of IDing it and yeah, mm-hmm. producing and everything. And uh, no, it's just fantastic seeing uh, Tom Ka- Atkins, Tom Atkinsing it up and uh, doing his his manly his manly way through yet another horror <laughs> movie. <laughs> Being, <laughs> yeah, continually drunk yet sexy as hell. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thrill me. Thrill me. It's like between this one and the fog, it's like hello. I'm Tom Atkins. How Let's you- have sex. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like this woman was walking along and she just tripped and fell on his penis. <laughs> As happens to Tom Atkins. He I know. Opens, opens up his car door, says, hey, I just met you and this is crazy. crazy. <laughs> but let's do it. But, uh, or no, Jamie Lee I- Curtis works for the woman from, uh, from Halloween 3 whose name Jeez. is also escaping me. <laughs> Stacy something, I think, or the actress's name was. Oh, what is that? Uh, uh, yeah, Stacy uh, Nelkin. Oh, yeah. What's her name? So. I was going to say, let's get real progressive and say it was Stacy Keach. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an entirely different movie. It's absolutely. I'd watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, it's, uh, I'm glad the, mo- the, the, you know, the movie itself, I'm, I'm glad it's gotten more appreciation. Yeah, uh, it definitely you know, is. I've, I've loved it since I first saw it that second time and recognized it. Uh, when I really jumped back into horror, like, uh, yeah, I was, I'd say I was, a, I was a horror fan as a kid, but when Scream came out when I was like 14 or so, like, and that's when it really jumped in, you know, the deep end of, of the genre and like rented everything from Blockbuster and Video Palace and, you know, the video store down the corner. And ever, when I first saw it, I'm like, again, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I love this yeah. movie. And it's just so bad that it, it gets the short shift, but at least it's, coming around you know as, as time goes by <laughs> i just love the floating cat butt that just goes by <laughs> yeah she's sitting um, right here on the uh on the thing next to me um and it was really funny because uh there's a recent anthology that i really really liked uh tales of halloween mm-hmm. um that has that has a a little detective like uh, little snippet. I, I, I don't. What do you call the little pieces in an anthology? The vignettes. Or, yeah, the vignette. Yeah. But it felt really. It felt like a, a little love song to to Halloween three, uh, season of the witch, um, and uh, and and plus had a. Oh my gosh, what is his name playing like a sexy detective? Which I thought was hysterical. The guy from uh, Innkeepers, 
Um, oh, uh, Pat Healy. Pat Healy, yeah. He was like, yeah. and he was all like kind of buff and being like that kind of that kind of detective. So I was like, and then they all end up going back to this this big factory at the end and i just i loved that it felt like a little yeah, homage I don't remember that particular story i was kind of let down by tales from halloween uh, really i think i wanted to like it more than i did oh um, i just i adored it I, I, i'm not a huge anthology fan because they're typically so up and down in their quality and i really enjoyed all of the vignettes in tales of halloween there, and there's so few of them even creep show like i feel like ends on such a like i don't love the last the last For the movie, one. yeah, I don't watch the the bug one because it bugs creep me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's four segments in Creep Show, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, what's funny is that I would have sworn that the bug one came came before the box, but apparently, because I, I was like, I could swear that the box was the last one, but. Maybe I'm wrong. Get your own personal Mandela effect. That's, <laughs> just that's, for Creep Show. This might be just where I stop watching it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hit the box, I, you know, maybe skip over to Creep Show 2 for the raft, and then I'm done. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Take <laughs> the two from If I could just chop that one out and stick it at the end of Creep Show, it'd be a... Well, what about Creep Show 3? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't even seen that piece of shit. No. Uh, <laughs> I did like the... I liked the show to a certain degree. I was kind of let mm-hmm. down by that as well, but I liked some of the aspects. That we we watched you guys a few watched episodes. The, the show? We Only watched a few episodes. The... Only one, and and I was let down in the last second, was the Dollhouse episode. And I really, really liked it right up to the end. And I felt like they, they wrapped it up in a – they, like, really missed an opportunity with, with the end of it. Um, but, like, the through the, the Dollhouse one, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And it made me really uncomfortable. But I, I think I tried to watch a couple of other ones, like the very, very first one where it actually had um, – the King story, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So, but and I and I watched the very last episode because it had the uh, the Joe Hill story, the uh, the one at Lake Champlain, mm-hmm. and uh, and you just read it, too, and I, I so. you know, I had read the entire that entire short story book that he'd put out, and uh, and I really loved the short story, and then they turned that short story into a bog standard. Uh, comeuppance for the for the bad person story and i was like really because that short story you could easily film with this budget and it would have been awesome yeah but you had to like go a little more harry and the hendersons with it and i was like okay that so that wasn't great um, That's way off track from Halloween 3. Really. I know. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, we digress. So, you know, I don't think there's really, I mean, is there anything more that you wanted to say about Halloween 3? Because I have a feeling we're all going to have a lot to say about Annihilation. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, just, uh, I'm glad that it's getting its due. Finally, Tom Atkins is amazing. Uh, the folk horror aspect of it, which apparently a lot of that wasn't in the original draft. Uh, Oddly enough, for a guy who wrote Stone Tape and uh, Quartermass, the Stonehenge part was not in the original script. Uh, (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) That was added in later on. Um, Probably to get that feel that they wanted to get out of of Niles Neal, but oh well. (laughs) So, um, I I always kind of regret it when when I... when I say what I'm going to say, when I've said it in other episodes, I've I've really, I have not done 
<laughs> the research <laughs> I I really meant to have done with with both of these movies and would probably have more input and more things I wanted to say. It's been rough. <laughs> um, it is. It has been a rough little bit. Um, it was just part of the reason why I was really excited to have Jim on because in a in a lot of ways you're kind of pinch hitting for me because I kind of needed a stunt person. <laughs> <laughs> in for what, this episode what what this episode needed was you know your your nice uh feminist lady horror podcast really needs two dudes talking about yeah, this yeah. movie is is what it needed my other podcast does not have enough dudes on it <laughs> <laughs> that's so, what i'm talking about for last week's episode yeah or two weeks well, ago yeah no and it's a point i've made too so i i appreciate both of you um understanding me not having the most input with this but I'm really glad we're having the conversation because it's getting me back. It's getting me back out there. And thank you for, for being my training wheels because <laughs> you're both wonderful and I appreciate you. So uh, but on before that we note, do leave Halloween three, what are you guys think about it? I, I'm here for annihilation. I didn't watch Halloween. Oh. Three with her. <laughs> no. uh, I remember it uh, very well. And I, I remembered when I watched it like the very first time when I was a teenager, a very callow teenager, um, you know, I had those, well, it's not really the Halloween, you know, all the, the guys that I watched it with were like, it's not the real Halloween. It doesn't have Michael Myers in it. Mm. And I, you know, I liked the imagery of it. I love the masks, the pumpkin mask and all that stuff. And this was in the days when, you know, like McDonald's was still doing their happy meals that came out in like pumpkin yeah, I uh, had those buckets, buckets, you know, I had and the <laughs> witch buckets. And so it was, you know, there was... Uh, you know, it was, it had a little, uh, uh, tweak of, uh, of, uh, of childhood with it, but I, I just, I really liked all the, the imagery in it and I've rewatched it since, uh, and enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I still really enjoy it. And I remember really liking it back when I watched it, um, because I don't, because I was never a big slasher person, I think I appreciated it having a different tone mm-hmm. uh, than a lot of the slashers that I had seen. Um, and kind of the mystery aspect of what's what's happening. And and also, it is, it's the folklore portion of it. And kind of like these kind of primal fears of, and, and of them being willing to sacrifice children, I think, mm-hmm. is is kind of terrifying and just you that's know. definitely a, a different take you know and yeah and following through with it you know yeah yeah because yeah. he's only gonna get like one channel off and that's one small network the entire country is watching it and yeah. assume that those kids i would always love to have like you know either a comic or a regular book sequel that kind of looks at the world after cochran kills most of the children you know so bob why don't you tell me about uh how you first watched annihilation uh, well, I was very. I read the book when I heard the movie was coming out. Something I went out and and, and um, seeked out. That's not that's not the right word. Sought Soaked out. out. Sought out. Uh, I'm an English major and I still can't remember. Soaked. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be an English teacher and I can't think of the right words. Um, but the uh, but I, I checked out the book when I heard that uh, Alex Garland was writing and directing an adaptation because I loved Ex Machina and I loved everything else that. Uh, Alice Garland's done before. Yeah. Uh, so I, I fell in love with the book when I read it, uh, though it came into the movie knowing it was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but went to see it the you know, opening weekend. Uh, I was very pleased as I was driving around because we, uh, for some reason, we weren't looking on our, our phones for tickets. We just went to Regal 
and hope and assume that there'd be tickets because you know it's a big big theater uh and there weren't so we ended up going to see it at uh the one university university district um the amc 10 there to a packed mm-hmm. house and yeah and it was great because we had to like wait to like three shows down the line so i thought this was gonna be a huge hit because yeah, i especially attention to how much i loved the movie uh, i was really surprised and came out it came fourth in the weekend and kind of bombed <laughs> yeah uh, i we loved it yeah, like I absolutely blew me away. Like every every moment of it, I I love. You know, it's weird and it's gonna make it weird. Uh, it throws out a bunch of uh, answer questions without really giving answers. Uh, it doesn't handhold. It doesn't. It's it, it brings the audience along and with such a way that's uh, trusting of the audience to follow through and mm-hmm. understand what's happening without being like immediately like. You know, here's some exposition. It, it kind of moves past that. There's no like wrapping up, and I think that's why a lot of people didn't like it. But mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, but yeah, so I, I was just blown away. What, what were your feelings? I, I, mean, I was just gonna say. I, I guess it should be said that at this point, like, um, are we on there's, spoilers? There's gonna be <laughs> yeah, heavy, no, spoilers heavy spoilers for <laughs> Annihilation. And you I, can't I really normally mentioned that, that. Um, yeah. earlier in the in the podcast that because of the change of format and with what we're covering, there is going to be a lot of spoilers. So if you haven't yeah, seen the really can't pause, discuss about it. So. Yeah, pause the pause the mood, pause the podcast, and go watch it if you want to. It's it's streaming for spoiler. free on Amazon Prime oh, if you've got nice. Amazon Prime. So go go watch it. It's it's a so couple hours well spent. Yeah. Just go for it. So Yeah, I got it on disc, so it's popped. I, I was in. going to ask, um now as somebody I've I've bought the books but I haven't read them yet. Um, how much did you enjoy the book? I really love them. Excuse me, my cat wants to be in the room. That's okay. <laughs> cats cats like being... The door's kinda half shut. Uh, yeah. so she was banging at it even though she can push the red open because it's you know, not locked. Yeah. Not shut. Cats, uh, cats really enjoy podcasts. Yeah, it's like but she could just come in on her own, you know, her own pressure. Uh, <laughs> they're I, I, I love the books; are very different. Uh, now, when uh, the Garland wrote the script after the first book came out, he had because yeah. they came out really quickly uh, after each other. Okay. Uh, though I did read all; I read the second <laughs> two after the after the after I saw the film. Yeah, um, but uh, there it's it's the same feel. At least the first book. Have you guys read the books? No. I know you said you haven't. I've Jim, bought have them, you? but I haven't. Okay. No. Yeah. I've got um, them on audiobook, so we can listen to them at any point. No, I said. Uh, yeah, they're, it's very different. It's got a different tone, um, different, but same ideas there. Um, it's a really quiet existential horror uh, with the books, particularly. I think the third book kind of falls apart a little bit, but the first two have a wonderful feel to it. Uh, the second one takes place outside of the zone. And about like the people who work for Southern Southern uh, Southern Reach, and it's I know it's weird to say for a book feels like it's mildewy. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the way the description that he used makes it smell rot as I'm reading it. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah, they're they're definitely well written, well okay. well designed. Um, I don't want to spoil anything that happens to them because it's different. Uh, the way I, I approach it for the adaptation of the book is. It takes the book and the book kind of goes through the shimmer itself and comes out a different. It kind of reflects on itself uh, to come out in a different form, but still feels like the DNA, the original one, but kind of messed up with this and a couple other things mixed in. Um, more color outer space, more HP Lovecraft, you know. <laughs> I, one of the things that I've noticed it because I've, I think I'm on like my fourth watching of the film. And I take away new things every single time I watch this movie. And one of the things that I really love with it is that it's so layered and 
it's so open to interpretation um, on how you want to choose to see what's happening to the characters, um, to every one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and every every single one of them has it's almost it's almost aliens esque where you have this small crew of people and, and you get to you, know each one and of them. You really do. They they in a succinct way, you really get to know everybody. Um or at least understand their motivations and they have they have at least one good character moment in there where yeah. you can latch on to something about them. I mean even the, the thing about the characters is each of them are keeping everyone else at, at arm's length. So we mm-hmm. get that that feeling of it, but not in a but not in an underwritten way. You get you know, you understand enough, but you also understand they're holding back because it's how they, they are. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some uh, criticism of the movie saying, oh, they're just interchangeable characters that you don't know. They're, you know their basic job, and that's it. But that's kind of the I, point in many ways. You know? Well, and, yeah. and I think that's a little unfair to the, to the oh, writing I think of it's, it. Yeah, I think it's a lot more to that. I'm talking about the criticism I've seen. Yeah. I, 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 I did not I just understand people not liking it. Yeah. Because it just, I, but. Hey, you know. You know I totally get people not liking it because I walked out of Starship Troopers uh, after my the very first screening of it at my theater, and and I was remarking to my friend and I was like, you know, I was like that movie was like I, I didn't have the word for fascism yet really in my <laughs> that came up a lot in my vocabulary, so I just said that that movie was about Nazis. That movie was about, I mean, because obviously some of the wardrobe and everything like that. I was like, you replace the word bug in that movie with Jew and you've got a Nazi film. I mean, it's just like. It was about regimes. It was about. It was about fascism. It was about all these things. But the guy, because it's a Verhoeven movie. But, you know, behind behind me, there was two dudes and they were like, did you see that thing where they like shot the bug and it like had exploded? Oh, my God. It was so awesome. I I totally get why people don't like Annihilation. They you can't know, see the layers. They can't see that. You no, know, no Star they, Troopers is satire, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. Annihilation is about you know corrupt, not corruption, but like you know change and self destruction and stuff like that. You know, and and there's so much with Annihilation that stays with you. I mean, it is it is literally a prompt for thought mm-hmm. for such a long time after seeing it because there's just so many memorable moments and there's so many ways in which that movie is just absolutely terrifying one of the things um talk to me about because you actually shared a post um showing a scene uh from annihilation and you were talking about i, oh, I that, want you to just yeah i i shared on uh on my facebook last night the um when they get to the mess hall of the pool and they see that guy had after they watched the video of the guy's insides, they go and they see the results of that, of him spread out. Uh, you know, you see a skull on top and everything came, and all these flowers coming from it. I yeah. thought it was really exquisite beauty. Uh, there's, a, there's a beautiful grotesquerie about about the movie. And it shows in that, that scene, but how everything, it's not just here's a body, it's kind of ripped apart. It's all these colors coming from it and everything that comes from there, these changes that are happening for it. And that's like the, the use of color and the composition of that shot. Uh, but it also stays there for a good like I don't know, twenty seconds or so uh, as people kind of come and go. And there's very little. There's a long lot of shots that are like that where kind of like sits on things and it's really quiet in its horror. Uh, not the you know the it wasn't the the fast paced thing of the trailer sold. And I think it's where a lot of people didn't like it from. But I'm digressing because I do that. <laughs> no, please, please. Uh, one of the things that I also 
truly loved is exactly that. It's it's that it does have these almost disgusting, very visceral things that you're seeing. But they're so beautiful. They're just they're so beautiful and and uncomfortable and a little wrong. Um, like the deer. The deer. Yeah. That was the that was exactly what I was leading up to talk about. Is when you have the two deer come through the the twinning mm-hmm. that happens. Um, the flowers just you know, and I know a little bit of that is going to be you know the director and some's going to be the set designer and some is going to be you know there's just. There were so many people who made that movie exquisitely beautiful in its design and its beauty. And there's some visuals that are just so horrifying. The bear. Um, yes. Oh, God. That sequence that, is probably one of the scariest sequences in a, in a decade. Yeah. Uh, it gets It's in there. It's that the sound design, the way it looks, everything about it. Because as the scene begins... And you hear her scream in the distance. It, it just—it's all of these tiny little, these tiny little baby steps. Yeah. Of like as, leading to how horrifying the bear is going to be. As the audience, we know it's not her screaming, because we have seen her corpse alongside. Yeah, with its next pulled out. Yeah, with, uh, alongside Lena, we have seen the corpse. We know that she's dead. So something else is screaming out there. Or if it is her, it's something horribly wrong. And then, you know, run out. But we do not think it's the bear. Like, we do not think that's what it is necessarily. Like, we don't know what it is. We just know it's not her. Whereas the paramedic is like, oh, I got to go help her. It runs out there and then, you know, stops and screams and that's it. And then that bear comes in and opens its mouth. And weren't you saying that? towards the back of the jaw. So, yeah, it's, it's not really shown in the, the movie very well, but there, I saw a behind-the-scenes thing where they were doing – they had the bear puppet because the mm-hmm. bear is a gigantic practical yeah. effect. And uh, so they were swinging the mouth around, and you could see that uh, certain things like – because it was broad daylight that they were doing this in. So you could see, like, the fact that its eyes are slightly – one is one side is slightly higher than the other. They are – they're not, uh, you know, perfectly symmetrical. Nothing on that bear is symmetrical. Which gives it its subtle creepiness, but also the fact that when it opens its when they opened its mouth on the inside, the back of its throat is a set of human teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then that moment, that moment where you see the bear open its mouth and you hear her scream again and call out. You say, yeah. "Help me!" over help and over me. again, like in oh, the form God, of a scream. Please <laughs> help me. And then it just like occasionally it just opens its mouth just a little and you just hear please. Yeah, I please. love that, that aspect where it's yeah, it screams help and then it waits for a second, then it opens its mouth again and just it screams me. It's like because it's not you know it's just repeating back you know what it ate out of her you know essentially, but mm-hmm. or whatever's doing whatever the shimmer's doing in this case and but it's just and it just the the when it's coming through and walking through the room and she's like don't move you know don't look at it Marianne uh, the. Uh, it's just the tension there. It's like I've seen the movie a couple of times and watching it again last night. It was just still riveted mm-hmm. uh, as as it did that particular sequence. And I wish more people had watched it, but I can say as a fan of the movie, I'm going to love showing it to people who haven't seen it for years to come. Like anything that gives me an excuse to watch it yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've like you said, we this is probably the fourth time we've seen it, and. I saw. I read an interview uh, with Alex Garland and Oscar Isaac that talked about like there's you know 
it's really designed so you watch it a second time because then you'll pick up on a lot of stuff and you know same watching with- for the tattoo to move around yeah, yeah because the tattoo. that's one of the things that great to notice um and just little sound bites and little things that you catch at you know the conversation times. between her and uh her lover like that that you don't know is the lover until later in the film but like that yeah. conversation at the beginning where he's inviting her to a barbecue and it's got this whole other layer of meaning. You, you get that there's something weirdly uncomfortable there. But you don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. But like the, you watch it again and you're like, no, there's layers to this conversation that are being revealed. So uh, or Even I'm, other like, details like Henrietta Lacks, because uh, the cells we're seeing at the beginning are probably hers. Because she's, yeah, uh, do you guys know Henrietta, Henrietta Lacks and the story of her? <laughs> it's the same cancer cells that we've been studying since like yes. 1955. Yeah. And she's, re- she's reading the book uh, about her. When she's on the couch with Oscar uh, Isaac and one of the flashbacks, uh, but that also relates to yeah you know, this never-ending death and this never-ending uh, cycle of cancer and uh, I know that's not the same thing as like the horror stuff, but that's also something built into the plot that you kind of yeah subtly notice or suddenly think about or if you know that if you know that name it kind of comes in you know to that degree yeah yeah and as soon as you like I was like I know that name but I don't know anything behind it and then when you said that I was like oh yeah. Um, Another right. thing yeah, is they call like this- the immortal woman because she's technically still alive because we have living cells of hers. Yeah, though she died like you know, sixty years ago. Yeah, and it was funny because uh, Jim Jim was listening to the Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Is it Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, or is it just Crosby, it's, it's Crosby, Nash? Stills, and Nash? Ho- uh, helplessly hoping the song. The song that they the listen to, um, and it it like even that song creates like a different layer of. Like just with the story. No, the, just, the the use of that song. It's it's a brilliant song to use in there. Yeah, um, I, I don't know that song, but uh, I was like, like I was I was thinking like the, I wrote in the notes like this guitar sounds like a Neil Young song, and then I heard that later on, which of course you know that particular one, but it has the same feel yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the song is uh, the on the the song itself is about uh, two people that um, care about each other. But maybe they're bra- they're they're splitting up. Maybe, but they don't know. There's some level. It's, it's one of the lyrics is basically like you know he's he's sitting next to her and and she's talking in her sleep. And did he hear a goodbye? You know, like the, that. There's uh, some question as to whether or not one or the other of them is going to break up with them. They're like, I don't know. Is she going to leave me? Is he going to leave me? It's a song about that. But that they are also very very uh, close and very good together. Um, So on the one level, it works as the relationship because, you know, uh, they might be, you know, if things were different, maybe they would have split up if, you know, there wasn't like crazy alien goo because you really get the feeling, especially on a second watch uh, that uh, Kane, Oscar Isaac's character, he, he knows that she's having an affair. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she says that, that she knows. At some point, right? I think she does. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it, but there's a, you know, so there's, there's real tension there. So they, but they, obviously they have a good, you know, otherwise have a good relationship with you. They, they work well together. They're very simpatico. Um, uh, but then beyond that, the chorus of the song is, and I forget which one of the two is, it's like they are one person, they are two something, and then they are three together and they are for each other. So yes, they are one person because the refraction has basically shifted everybody together. They are two, and I forget which one of the two is. They are three together. It's that it's it's two the two of them plus the shimmer, and they are for each other because they are both 
for and, and each other at the end of the movie. Amazing to me is even though because it's it's our theory, which I don't I don't know if this is just fact or whatever, but it it was kind of we even started talking about it the first time after we came out of the theater was that when they wake up for the first time in the shimmer and they've lost time, we. Th- our feeling is that they've already been duplicated at that point. Like she is no longer the woman that she's no longer that woman who originally walked into the shimmer. Like when he's, when at the very end, when they're looking at each other, they're like, I'm not, are you, I don't think so. I don't know. You know, like they've already been changed multiple times and are, you know, have evolved multiple times over the course of the movie where they only have pieces. Mm -hmm. And yet still after all of that, like there's still this little piece in the two of them that they, that draws them together at the end of the movie for whatever purpose and whatever reason, they're both drawn together again. I wouldn't be surprised if like, yeah, that four days is a completely different, yeah, the waking up with the new version. Yeah. That's, I. but I think that's a fantastic way of, getting to the unease of the of the movie once they get to the shimmers you know time is shifted mm-hmm. places have shifted you know nothing's right no uh, it makes you feel uneasy more they, so they stay. When, when you see the tattoo go from person to person yeah, yeah. As because they because they yeah because things refract through each of the characters and like the scars come and go like the scars and tessa's uh, arms finish mm-hmm. for a scene or two then they come back uh and then the, the little subtle things like that where you don't quite notice, you know. God, I yeah. just was there an art book? Was there an art book done for this movie? Because there, there should be an there art book. Been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 only flaw with with the theory is that um, the duplication seems to really only happen once you get closer to the source, to the lighthouse. Uh, yeah, and since he made still, it all the way there, and yeah, and but uh, but yeah, that the the fact that they are, they talk about like. Uh, well, you were gone for, you know, you know, six weeks or, you know, a month or whatever. And she's like, we were gone for a few days, you know, it, it, yeah. we were just in there for a few days. So, and, the, but you only had this much supplies. She's like, I don't remember eating, you know? So there's, could be that the shimmer just, you know, as it refracts everything around, you don't need any nutrients because it's just, you know, constantly refreshing you and, you know, everything. But yeah, my theory is just that they are already not the people. And regardless of that theory being true, they're not the people that went in there. Absolutely. Even Jeffrey Jason Lee says that, like, I want to be the same person who gets to the lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but they're not going to be, you know, they've already uh, been, been altered. And, and that's for me, that's one of the the things that I love about this movie too. Um, Is that it's on those layers, like a sci-fi nerd can do whatever, like, Oh, they were doing this and did it. But there's also that other, uh, like the the psychological and the character and the allegorical layer. Absolutely, yeah. It's like a yeah. I don't I, know. I just want that. I want Alex Garland to keep making movies, and I want him to keep casting Oscar Isaac. <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he's my boyfriend. The, um, he's everybody's boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, he's the internet's boyfriend. Uh, because both this and, and Ex Machina are fantastic science fiction yeah. films that Have you mess with your devs? perception and, and your understanding of things and never knowing what the truth is as we watch it. And I love that yeah. the unreliable narrator, even if there isn't an actual narrator, uh, yeah. that the movie itself might be lying to you in different ways, but you accept it. It's not bad filmmaking. It's great filmmaking uh, that mm-hmm. doesn't handhold and doesn't uh, spell out everything. We use enough to talk about and discuss, but every theory could be correct. Mm-hmm. Uh 
no, it says, uh, leasing enough gaps and not being underwritten, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, uh, have you seen devs yet? Which I know Alex Garland has a lot. No, I've to heard do amazing with. things about it. My friend Wyatt keeps talking about it. Like every day he talks to me, he's like, have you watched devs yet? I'm like, I haven't, I will. <laughs> I'll get there. The media is, there's so much media, so little time. I remember, I remember, uh, that's the thing that kind of breaks my heart right now with this recovery is that I remember being so sad just a couple of months ago saying, I just want time. I just desperately want time to watch all of the movies and all of the shows. And then the world ground to a, a halt <laughs> with COVID. And, and like the time is here. And now I'm like, I'm not working for six weeks. Oh and my God. The you're- time. You're Burgess Meredith in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm off Except I'm too tired I've, and too ill to like I've actually got, enjoy watching anything. I've got the time to read all these books. Oh shit, my glasses. <laughs> no. <laughs> you are. Oh my god. Oh. Man. I need it. Where's my sad trombone noise? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, we, we could, so I am going to be just an absolute butt and, 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 and kind of bring things to an end. I know we could keep talking about Annihilation. Oh God, good. I have five pages of notes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I am really tired. (laughs) And uh, this is like the most energetic. I actually walked. There's um, a, a block over and two short blocks down is a dog park um, by our house. And I walked. I got my hands on my hips. I walked all the way down there today like a big girl. Nice. <laughs> and that was that's really the farthest I've made it from my house other than going to doctor's appointments. Um <laughs> Yeah, I've been so, leaving once a week to get the car running. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe going for a to... walk to the mailbox or the Amazon box or what have you. Anyway, oh, it's so good to see your face, Bob. Oh, thank you. It's good to see you all, too. So I, I had uh, two quick realizations that I had from watching Annihilation. Just two yes. quick ones. One, um, the bear scene, uh, the house that they're in is the same floor plan yep. as Lena's house. And I was like, <laughs> my mind was just blown. Um, but the other one is uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. It was just that this movie stars two of the actors who have been most ill-served by the Star Wars trilogies in Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They just, they, they, you know, they're... I'm not going to say anything you know, that that Ahmed Best didn't have it worse or uh, Jake Lloyd didn't have it worse. Yeah. But but, uh, Natalie Portman did not... uh, did not get a role that was equal to her, her talent. Her talent as an actor. Yeah. And uh, Oscar Isaac apparently will not do any more Star Wars stuff ever again. <laughs> yeah, because they kind of fucked up Poe, but yep. oh yep. well. Yep. Anyway. Well, anyway, it was lovely to see you, and thank you all for your patience. Uh, don't read the Latin listeners. Um, where can we find you, Bob? Where are you in the interwebs and podcasting land? On a couple of different places, mainly at cityofgeek.com with uh, Kim from last week. Uh, she 
uh, she, myself, uh, Tony K, and Cody uh, Masco. Masco I, I'm sorry, Cody. Uh, I always mispronounce your name. Uh, we do a podcast occasionally as, as we get the chance to do it, but we do have our writings over there. Uh, Tony's a little better at putting up reviews than, than myself, and uh, Kim puts up a lot as well. Uh, and then we also have the worst movie of the year, which you can find at zvk.com or, uh, or on Transistor, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. Everything's on iTunes, in which we look at uh, a na- random year every week. Uh, we go to Metacritic and find the worst movie that's available and talk about that for about 45 minutes. Um, so we do that weekly, the City of Geek podcast occasionally as we get the time, but you can find us uh, at cityofgeek.com or on Facebook, City of Geek, Facebook, uh, last uh, worst movie of the year. And uh, fortunately, Crypticon isn't happening, but, you know, panel air and on the Film yeah. Fest board for that as well. Um, I want to speak as someone who is a fan of City and Geek. It is a wonderful, entertaining podcast to listen to, and I absolutely adore it. I will say I have not listened to um, the worst movie of the year because that ain't my jam. I know. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) But... But I, it, it, if it's done with any anywhere near the quality of your other podcast, it will be wonderfully entertaining for those who love shock. Yeah, the the worst of the year has a couple of different people. It rotates who wants to be subjecting themselves to shitty movies. So Tony's been on there a couple of times. Cody, Kim's been on one. Um, uh, Kim's been on two. Sorry, the one that came up has her on as well. Uh, we Seth Sherwood uh, wrote Leatherface and Hellfest, and he's been on one. Justin White, Jason Weiss have been on a couple of them too. So. Uh. All right. Well, you have a great night, Bob, and say hi to your lovely wife. I will. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And check out cityofgeek.com listeners. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don'treadthelatin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>